The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like a sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, Are we to go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and, and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered 5,000 men. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. I invite you to be seated. Today is the first Sunday in a, a four-week series on living graciously, giving generously. With Hurricane Florence wreaking havoc on our state and on the East Coast and our sisters and brothers in South Carolina, I struggle with what to preach today. Do I begin the four-week series on stewardship as planned, or do I preach about faith in the midst of disaster? Now, no doubt we've all been overwhelmed by the news and images of Hurricane Florence. This hurricane is the worst that's hit our state in decades. So far, Florence has claimed 13 lives, including a mother and her eight-month-old child in Wilmington. The storm cut power to millions. Even before hitting North Carolina, rain from Florence was causing severe flooding and main bodies of water like the Cape Fear and the, uh, the Noose, the Lumbee, will not crest even until Tuesday. <clears throat> Human tragedy and wreckage that natural disasters leave, they never fail to stun us. Those images and pictures we've seen have broken our hearts. Natural disasters also raise profound and at times heart-wrenching questions like how could this have happened? Why didn't God do something? Where is God amid such pain and suffering? And so doubt and anger is a natural response for some. Lament is significant in the Bible and there's nothing wrong with us adding ours to that category found in the Holy Scriptures. Here's the thing, I don't think that we, we offer lament primarily to find answers, but rather to be joined to others and to God through our lamenting. And however lamenting and having more questions and answers to disasters like Florence does not mean that we don't have something to say. The scriptures urge us to seek God amid tragedy. 
to seek God who is suffering with us and for us. And we know this most fully in the cross of Jesus Christ, where God was joined to the fullest human experience of loss through the suffering and unjust, unjust and cruel death of our Lord for his love for us. But God doesn't only suffer with us, but God works through us. The Apostle Paul says that we are the body of Christ. And friends, that is a bold statement. To confess that we, who are broken, who are limited, who are sinful, that we are the people through whom Christ is active in the world in both amazing ways of sharing peace and creation. Um, it is something to behold. God more whole persons and sends us forth to be his presence in the world. And even in the face of a disaster like Florence, we're not helpless. We can do what we can to offer aid to survivors of this storm. And as Eric shared, you'll receive an e-letter from me tomorrow about how we can participate as a body of Christ in community and connection with our district and with our, our conference um, to support and um, help those who are suffering from this storm. And because it is God who works through us, I have decided to begin as planned our stewardship um, series, Living Graciously, Giving Generously, because I believe we'll see that um, living a life of faithful stewardship empowers us to be the body of Christ for the world. Our gospel story tells us that Jesus has been teaching a crowd of thousands, and when evening was upon them, the disciples went to Jesus and suggested that he send them away so they could buy dinner in a nearby town. You see, they were in the middle of nowhere, a deserted place. And the disciples knew that it was time for the crowd to take care of themselves. It was time for Jesus and the disciples to find food for themselves. The, they were being very practical for Jesus, and that's a good thing. They were trying to help Jesus. It makes perfect sense, except that Jesus had another idea, a better idea. For some reason, Jesus seems to think that the crowd needs to stay together. In doing this, he is showing us that there was more nourishment in one another's company than in the food they may find in a nearby town. Jesus understood community in the midst of crisis. To be sure, Jesus and the disciples, they were in crisis. They had just discovered that Jesus' cousin, John, John the Baptist, had been killed. And it was a senseless and gratuitous killing. So they were in their own grief and in their own pain. I felt very vulnerable, thinking this could happen to us. But with Jesus wanting to keep the crowd together, I wonder too if there were those in that crowd who were also in crisis. Those who were facing life large, someone was dealing with something in their lives that community could have been helpful for. Because on that day, community was important for Jesus. You see, sometimes after very bad news, it's really not the food that matters. It is that you're eating it with someone else that matters. I think about the bad news of Florence and how it caused families and communities to come together the circumstances of unexpected 
um, an unexpected and crowded house where a family or friends gather for safety or a local church or local school used for safe shelter. And then accepting food that is offered, even if it's not something that you would ordinarily eat, while it's inconvenient, the important thing is the place that is provided where no one needs to be alone in the midst of the disaster. themselves or the food or the beverage they were offered, as much as it was that they were together, they were together supporting and caring. You give them something to eat. And I must admit, with no disrespect, it seems like Jesus is being a little unreasonable here with the disciples looking at the passage honestly consider a comparable situation if you will your boss creates a situation of great demand needing immense resources but does nothing to provide for those needed resources and as people crowd in coming forward to be served your boss small wonder isn't it that the disciples protested are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of food, which is a whole year's worth of food, and come back and feed it to the group? The disciples were saying to Jesus, this seems unreasonable. It seems to me that a reasonable person would see this, right? So to help them begin going to the place that they needed to go, he told the disciples to go into the crowd and find out what kind of food was available. And they did, and they came back with five loaves of bread and two fish. That's significant. If you remember anything about numbers in the scriptures, the number seven, the five loaves and the two fish, the number seven is a significant number. It's a number that represents spiritual perfection, wholeness, fullness. You see, even with that small amount of food, the five loaves and two fish, how could they feed a multitude how could they do that? Well, Jesus obviously had sense of the situation that went beyond the common sense of the disciples. Barbara Brown Taylor says about the human condition, of which we all are a part. She says, the problem is many of the people in the need of saving are in the churches. And at least part of what they need saving from is the idea that God sees the world the same way that they do. Jesus looked at the fish and the bread and saw abundance. The disciples looked at the fish and the bread and saw scarcity. Jesus and the disciples looked at the same food but concluded totally different assumptions. Jesus looked at the food and saw plenty. He saw plenty of food, plenty of time, plenty of possibilities. And he saw, as someone has said, plenty of God. And wherever there is plenty of God, there would be plenty of everything else. Jesus knew that if we give God what we have, that God can do wonders with it. Jesus was saying, bring me what you have and let's see the unfolding wonder of God in this act. Bringing what we have to God, trusting God with what we have is the beginning place of faithful stewardship. There's a parable told about a mighty warrior. He's mounted on a magnificent stallion trotting down the road and he passed through towns and and cities, everyone acknowledged him and uh, made sure they stayed out of his way. And as he passed through one town one day, he noticed directly something in his path. He, he saw it was in the middle of the road, and the closer he got, he saw it was a sparrow. 
And the bird was lying on his back with his feet in the air. And the warrior grew in his reins, dismounted. He went to the sparrow and asked, Are you dead? And if not, what are you doing in the middle of the road with your feet in the air? No, answered the bird, I'm, I'm not dead. But I heard the sky might fall, and I'm helping to hold it up. And the warrior thundered and shook with laughter like you were doing there, wiping tears from his eyes. And he said, you silly bird, even if the sky did fall down, what difference could you possibly make with those puny, spindly little legs? Well, explained the sparrow, you do what you can do. Right? Living graciously, giving generously begins with doing what we can do giving God what we have, and trusting God with our offering. Our gospel story tells us the disciples gave to Jesus all the crowd had to offer, all they could bring. And Jesus took the food and he, he gave thanks, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it back to the disciples. Under his direction, they passed it to the crowd. The disciples did what they could, and it turned out to be enough. In fact, it turned out to be more than enough because they took 12 baskets of leftovers up. I'm, I'm convinced they took it up so they would have something to share with the poor and the hungry as they continued their journey. If we trust Jesus by doing what we can, Jesus can provide us what is needed. Jesus invites us to bring what we have to him and believe it is enough. And this is the beginning of faithful stewardship. Our baptismal vows call us to trust God with our time and our talents, our, our gifts and service and witness. Our baptismal vows call us to trust God to Trusting God with that is the beginning of faithful stewardship. And this is the truth. Faithfulness to God and faithfulness to stewardship is not some um, kind of genius. It's not some kind of great skill. But it's just doing what we can with what we have to share the love of God with others. It's knowing that what ministry we provide at any given time, when we offer it in the name and in the love of Jesus, In time, there will come a moment when you will see the images of those suffering from Hurricane Florence, and you might find yourself like the disciples saying, Lord, send them away. Compassion, fatigue is real. Over time, it takes its toll. Recovery from this hurricane will not be a sprint. It's a marathon. The images and the needs of the hurricane survivors will be with us over the next weeks, months, years. The needs may seem to us so great at times we feel that what we have to offer is insignificant. However, in the mystery of faith, trusting God with what we have to offer, we can come to know that in the hands of Jesus, what we offer is enough. Someone has said that faithful stewardship is all that we do with all that we have all of the time. Living graciously, giving generously is experienced by offering God to what we have and trusting him with it when we see the world through our eyes may our prayer be help me Lord to see the world through your eyes with what we bring to Jesus we can trust him with it what we bring to Jesus he will ask God to bless he will break it into portions that will be 
for the good of others. He will give it and share it in such a way that those who receive it will know it is the love of God. This is learning to live generously and giving graciously. This is the beginning of the faithful stewardship. Let us pray. Gracious God, as we grow to trust you with what we have to offer, may Jesus, who walks on wounded feet, walk with us on our life's journey. May Jesus, who serves the world with wounded hands, help us stretch out our hands to serve others. May Jesus, who loves with a wounded heart, soften ours and open them to love as you would have us love. Help us, we pray, to see Jesus in the face of everyone we meet, and, O oh God, that everyone we meet sees the face of Jesus in us. I offer this prayer in the name of our Lord. He who reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God.